fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try Hey everybody and welcome to big episode number 98, the fourth season of the Fantasy Fullback Dive brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal, paving your way, acting as your lead blocker to fantasy excellence, glory, trophies, just confetti falling from the skies, whatever turns you on fantasy-wise. It's getting closer, guys. It's here. It's practically here. I'm drafting in a couple days and this podcast where we bring together the Roto Street Journal's best and brightest... um, yeah, you guys look pretty good and best and bright today. I'm pretty excited about the panel. It's a smaller panel than we had last time, but it's going to move smoothly like a well-oiled machine. I, of course, am the truth. I'm your host. Joining me, as always, the wolf of Rotor Street himself, but not just the wolf. We're also joined by mainstays Jimbo Slice, Keegs, and CJ the Salt Man uh, in the lower left hand of my screen. Uh, and that's a very flattering camera angle is the first thing I want to just put out there. All of you guys, actually. You all look great. How you guys doing? Thank you doing you. all right? Uh, <laughs> doing fantastic. We're doing yeah. great. Awesome. Man, I'm drafting on Saturday. So this is and we're recording this now on a Thursday evening. This is our all wide receivers roundtable conversation uh, with the experts on the staff in this very category. I'm actually really excited because I'm hoping to pick you guys' brains. I'm having a real hard time with the fourth uh, and fifth round turn. I'm picking first in my hometown draft. And uh, my first three picks are amazing. And then you get to that 48-49 back-to-back pick, and I just don't like what's there. And so I'm hoping you guys are going to help me clear some of that stuff up today. Uh, We're going to get right into it. We're going to get into question number one. Who's the first wide receiver you'd take in 2019? Where would you rank him overall? Um, I'm just going to start you up uh, with Jimbo Slice in the upper left. Who do you got first, Jimmy? You know, I don't really think you can go wrong with either of these guys. It's more of a personal preference, I suppose. Um, I lean Devontae Adams, and I'd mm. put him sixth overall right behind your big four running backs and David Johnson. Um, I just think him and Rodgers have this unreal connection. I almost trust Rodgers a little more than Watson. Watson's got the injury history, you know, that offensive line. He scrambles a lot. He's, he's a little more riskier. I know, I know Rodgers does miss time, but... The numbers that Adams puts up is insane. And even in his worst years, it's just it's, it's crazy what he does on the team. So I'd, I'd go Adams first. When you say the big four running backs plus David Johnson, who are you including in your big four right now? Because I've seen a few variations of that. Who are, who are your undisputed top four guys? Uh, Barkley, Kamara, McCaffrey, and with the recent Zeke uh, contract news, it's got to be Zeke. That's what I was checking on. Okay, so Zeke's your number four, and you and you would jump with Johnson before that, but after that, you're going Devontae, huh? Okay. Wolf, what about you? I'm also Devontae Adams. I don't have Zeke in my big four quite yet until that dotted line is signed. Like, I'm, I'm not believing it. I could see him holding out and being petty that he's below Gurley on the pay scale. He seems like a dick like that. So I, I, I don't have Zeke in my top four yet, so I go Adams fifth. Everything Jimmy said, I mean, 14 points was his worst game last year. If you extrapolate mm-hmm. that over a full season, he's a top 12 receiver still. So his worst game and as a full season, still the best. That's insane. Plus, Rogers says, I want to get this guy 200 targets. I mean, I mean, it's insane. So uh, I'm a huge Devontae Adams fan, huge ceiling, huge floor. It doesn't get better, in my opinion, than that. All right, cool. 
Keegs, you, what are your thoughts on this? Who would you take first? Where would you take him? Uh, I mean, kind of like Jimmy said, it's it's really a preference thing. I mean, they're two, the two best receivers in the league. But I lean Hopkins just because I think talent-wise, just pure talent-wise, I think Hopkins got Adams beat. Uh, he's just a freak of nature. He He's not learning a new offense, which, I mean, it, it can have an effect at this point in the season. And uh, his quarterback isn't a teenage girl with mood swings. So uh, it, it, it seems like a no-brainer. I'd probably put him around fifth. I think I might even throw him ahead of DJ. Okay, CJ, thoughts? Um, I'm going to echo a lot of that, including putting him at fifth. Oh, uh, Hopkins. But I'm going to put Hopkins ahead of DJ. Just after watching the Cardinals' offensive line, it's just so frightening, and it's scarier than I thought it was going to be. And I just can't trust DJ right now, personally. But, um, yeah, I mean, Hopkins hasn't had this talent around him his entire career, adding Duke Johnson, finally healthy, um, Deshaun Watson, Fuller, Everyone. Lamar so. Miller coming out of the backfield like a steam engine. <laughs> Absolute weapon. <laughs> like a broken steam engine. Right. <laughs> can, I, can I toss out Odell Beckham, though? I'm surprised. I thought somebody would at least say him. I mean, out of the guys we've said, they're safer, and I would go either of these two. But Odell Beckham has to have the biggest ceiling. I mean, considering what he's done, the records he's set with Elisha Manning throwing him the fucking rock. When you give him Baker Mayfield and the, the routes this guy runs, they're like they're a match made in heaven. If this guy plays 16, I, I would not be surprised at all to see Odell just having the best receiver season maybe we've ever seen. He's gonna he's gonna blow some doors off if he stays healthy. I think these guys, all three of the guys you just said, all have just monstrous ceilings. I mean, I yeah. feel like with Hopkins, a lot of people, and Hopkins would be my choice for whatever it's worth, uh, slightly trailed by Adams. But, you know, people talk about what, a, you know, the floor of Hopkins because he is just, his hands are just so great. It seems like he just always gets his catches no matter what. He's targeted a million times. But, I mean, I feel like he could blow up even more than he already has. I mean, I just, you know, there's almost no stat line you could put out for Hopkins that would blow me away. So I don't actually think o- o- Odell's ceiling is markedly higher than either of those guys. Although I'm very intrigued, don't get me wrong. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think this is the talent with ba- I mean Baker, I think could be a better passer than I love Deshaun Watson, especially in fantasy with the rushing, but as just a pure thrower, I think there's throws that Baker can make that very few QBs can, and I think there's plays that Odell can make that no receivers can. I don't know. I just if those two marry as perfectly as they can, I, I just love it. I I, I, I think, don't know. I think Baker's a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson. I'm I'm willing to give you that. I'm not convinced there's any catch that Odell Beckham can make that DeAndre Hopkins can't make. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> and also, I just, I just don't buy that he can play 16 games. Yeah, that's the biggest concern with him, the health. He's missed like 10 over the last two years. And he's already been out with a hit pointer during practice, and it's just, yeah. I don't know, it's hard. So, I'm honestly, I'm getting a little nervous about the Browns. I feel like they're getting a little like uh, last year Jaguar syndrome where like they talk about how great they are so much, and then maybe they're not all that mm-hmm. great. Yeah, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about right, the Browns, yeah. but I'm scared too. <laughs> All right, so Jimbo was listening really, really intently to Keegs' answer for a while there, and like I guess he didn't like what he was hearing because then he disappeared. Uh, maybe maybe he'll be back, it's, maybe not. Um, you know, I'm gonna like I'm gonna lean on a, you guys. Uh, no. I'm gonna lean on you guys. You know, you're my guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> count on you guys to carry Jimmy's content load. Um, and we're going to go right into question number two here. Antonio Brown. I don't know if you guys have been following Antonio Brown this uh, offseason. He's been in the news once or twice. He is a Hall of Fame talent. Nobody is disputing that. I mean, if you look at this guy's numbers across the last, I don't know how many years, eight years, nine years, whatever. I mean, he's about as good as anybody ever 
You'd, you'd almost have to say it kind of kills me to say that, but he's just amazing. Um, but he's he's insane, right? He's lost his mind and possibly he lost his mind a long time ago and we just didn't know it. But how scared are you to take him? Where would you be willing to dive in and, you know, buy a piece of the Antonio Brown business? I mean, just to recap for anyone who doesn't know, I mean, he froze his feet. Uh, I guess wearing like just regular socks or something in a cryogenics tank in France. And uh, now he's arguing about wanting to use like a, a, you know, 1950s single bar face mask helmet or whatever uh, and saying he won't play. So I don't know. Like, what do you guys think? Are, are you as are you as gun shy about this as I am? What do you think, Wolf? I am gun shy. I'm very nervous. The mental stability just clearly is not there. And when you're on the Raiders, I mean, you got a bunch of nutcases around you. And if they start 0 to 7 and he has a zero target day and whatnot, if he's crumbling now over a fucking helmet, like it's a temper tantrum. The guy is a child. And so no matter how talented he is, and he could crush it. I mean, if you get Antonio Brown in round three or four and he's Antonio Brown, kind of like Gurley, if you get Gurley round two and he's Gurley, that's going to be a season changer. But I could see that combusting at any second so i would really only get him if he's my second receiver if i've already got a safe guy which means there's a very minimal chance i'm actually gonna have antonio brown on my team where you think like what fourth round third round yeah like not probably mid to late third i I would probably that's where i you know would see him fall to me and i could actually take him but that's you know pick 35 40 someone's gonna take him before me yeah i mean you know that would mean you're taking him as your second receiver that means you're bypassing the stable basically you got one Mm. running back and then your third picks antonio brown i don't like that at all uh keegs what do you think Uh, how interested are you in being in the ab business uh i mean clearly like he's a lunatic but i i think to a certain extent he just loves drama and his whole steal his whole stealer situation wasn't enough for him so he destroyed his feet and started bitching about his helmet but when it comes down to it he's still ab um, I mean, Derek Carr isn't Ben Roethlisberger, but I, I'm not a Derek Carr hater. I think he can work some magic with him there. I think, especially if I go running back in the first, if he's there early to mid second, I'm taking him. Wow, early to mid second round, Antonio Brown. CJ, thoughts? Um, I mean, personally, I I still think he's going to finish as like a top seven to ten wide receiver, but I just I don't like my fantasy locker room to have headaches in it, so I don't think oh, he's going to sure. be on any of my teams. <laughs> Right, but um, I still think he's the volume's gonna be there. I still think, even though he is just being a fucking weirdo right now, if he's trying to get traded or whatever he's doing, but um, I don't know. He just, I just know he's not gonna be on any of my teams, but I do think he's still gonna have a pretty good season. Yeah, I'm not interested in Antonio Brown, and that's not to say that I wouldn't take him at some point. But when I'm doing my mocks and I'm picking first, my third round pick is the first pick in the in the you know third. It's the 25th pick overall, 12 team league. I'm definitely not jumping at him there. And by the time it comes back to me at 48, I'm obviously not going to touch him. So uh, I'm not going to be in the Antonio Brown business. Um, I mean, Gruden is a great play caller for him, too. I mean, he's got who else does he have to compete with for targets? Like, this is the most vacant target share he's had ever. And Gruden, historically, before Amari Cooper ruined it last year, had had like thousand yard receivers every single season. So it could be a beautiful marriage. It's just, again, the head. Like, I'm so nervous about it. It could be. But I mean, you know, Antonio Brown was one of the surest things in fantasy for a long time, and he's not now. You know, he could prove us all wrong by having an amazing performance this year or, you know, even make his stock just go through the roof. Hey, look, I can go to the Raiders and still put up these massive numbers right. uh, with greatly depleted talent around me. 
uh, and his legend would grow. But man, I'm I'm scared. I'm scared to use a pick that high. Are you guys buying like into it that this is kind of a hard knock trade or not? Not at all. That's I not. Shot, I don't think that's crazy, CJ. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't think that's. Crazy. I can totally see that. And I also <laughs> want to say I kind of agree with Keegs when they say, "Oh, I think he just likes drama." I mean, it's like I feel like he's just starting shit. Like there doesn't seem to be any <laughs> rhyme or reason for what he's doing. It doesn't make any sense. And I don't think he's actually mentally ill. I mean, maybe he is. I don't know. But, like, it just seems like... You he see just that seems, blonde mustache? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the mustache was not a, not a great look. But, <laughs> yeah. All right, we're moving on to question number three. The Vikings wide receivers, the Rams wide receivers, they've all been so productive. I mean, you know, multiple guys on both teams. Picking the right one can be tricky. I actually got this as kind of a mailbag question. Someone was asking me, uh, who do you like better between Diggs and Thielen? Obviously, he's he's looking at big play potential, more so from Diggs and consistency from Thielen, at least allegedly. Um, but we want to know who scores the most in their respective groups, those gro- groups being the Vikings wide receivers and the Rams wide receivers. Uh, I'll start it with CJ. CJ, who do you like most on the Vikings? Who do you like most on the Rams? So I I love Stephon Diggs. He's one of my favorite receivers in the league, but he, he just – he can't stay healthy and he kind of just well he'll play the games but he'll run until he'll go through like a little hamstring thing he'll play a few snaps he'll end up fucking you with like a zero or a three-point game here and there so i'm gonna go with Thielen, even though he kind of fell off a bit at the end of last year and then for the rams i'm gonna go with cooks just because he's he's such like a weird receiver because everyone thinks he's soft and he sucks and whatever but all he does is put up thousand yard seasons but i'm gonna put um so i have Thielen and Cooks, and then I'm going to do Cooper Cup as like a close second behind Cooks. Keegs, what do you think? Uh, for the Vikings, uh, I love Diggs. I think at this point, I, I think Thielen's great, but I think defenses are a lot more aware of him now. And when it comes down to it, when you just look at the two as athletes, Thielen's just easier to cover. And, um, you know, when the when their new OC, uh, Stefanski, come in last year, uh, those last couple games, Diggs was way heavier targeted produced a ton so i think it's just a good system for him i think he's in a good spot and with the rams i'm going robert woods i think he's the most consistent of the bunch really cups coming off the acl so i I think he's going to be healthy he's going to be fine but you never really know where that's going to go and i just look at it saying like if i'm sean mcveigh which clearly you can see that i'm not but if i'm sean mcveigh i'm probably using cup as like an edelman type short passing i'm sending cooks crazy deep and occupy the dbs and that just leaves a ton of space in the middle for robert woods just to wreak havoc in the intermediate the Diggs Woods duo. Okay. Uh, Wolf, thoughts, uh, objections? It's funny you say if I was Sean McVay. When I was recording with uh, Scott Barrett the other day before we went live, he said, Oh, you look exactly like Sean McVay with a Boston accent. So I'll take that. <laughs> Sean McVay's a stud. If only that came with his girlfriend in the brain, too, then I'd be uh, <laughs> quite happy for so, yeah, I was like, recording God. with Adam Schefter the other day. Uh, yeah. He mentioned <laughs> me, you know, when I was having wine with Field Yates at. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't even know why I'm still talking to you peasants anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Seriously. Thanks for leaving us your table scraps. Absolutely. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm on the Thielen and Cooks train, I think. I mean, I think what Key said has some huge validity. It was 33 targets for Diggs as compared to only 12 for uh, for Thielen. And Diggs does fit that kind of Kubiak style Alpha X more than a, a – uh, uh, I mean, uh, Diggs fits that more than Thielen does, who's more that slot guy who's really shifty and whatnot. But in terms of what this offense does, it's a lot of play action, a lot of pound, pound, pound the rock and go deep. And I really think Diggs is 
better at that. But then throughout the preseason, you just keep seeing Adam Thielen tracking these 35-yard bombs, it seems like, every single week. And so even though that target share was a little more questionable, a little shakier, uh, at the end of the year, only four targets a game, I feel better about him potentially rebounding. Whereas Brandon Cooks, too, when Cup played, he actually averaged 19.5 fantasy points per game. That was significantly better than when Cup wasn't in the lineup. They just become so much harder to defend. You'd think you know a higher target share would result in less fantasy points, but that wasn't the case. That was the seventh most over any receiver last year. So, I mean, that was a great output. I think when Cup's back in there, the offense hums so much better all around. I mean, I think it was you, CJ, that sent me Goff's metrics with Cup and without him, and it was like six point different per week. It was insane. Uh, so I'm excited he's back. Apparently he's looking faster than ever, and I love Cooper Cup. But uh, to me, it's it's Brandon Cooks. Even if Robert Woods leads him in targets, I think Brandon Cooks gets those money balls, and, I, and it's him that I go with. All right, moving on to question number four. Godwin, Lockett, and Galladay. And by the way, these are some of these guys that are always around at the the turn I was talking about. I always have a chance to take Tyler Lockett. Um, These are three guys who are often pegged to join the elite in in 2019. We're going to use the elite in quotes there. Who do you expect to do so the most of these three guys and the least? And I'm just going to jump in right now and say that all of you guys picked Galladay as the least most likely to bust into that category. And I happen to agree with that sentiment. So I'm not going to waste our time going around uh, in circles on that particular one. But as far as the most, Keegs and the Wolf both both like Lockett the most. Now, Jimbo liked Godwin. Jimbo, who doesn't yeah, have any lost. power in Jimbo. his uh, apartment and, you know, and won't be responding to this question. So, CJ, what are your thoughts? Who's the most likely to make the jump between Lockett and Godwin? Um, <laughs> I'll speak for my cousin Jimbo, and I'm going to say Godwin. Um, even though Wolf has kind of turned me on to Lockett lately, just because he's turned me into like this big Seattle 12 fan with Carson and Lockett at this point. But um, I don't know, it seems like right now that Godwin, I think even Mike Evans said it, that him and Godwin are kind of competing for the number one spot right now, even though I don't know how much I actually believe that. But even just watching... But even just watching like some of their preseason games, Godwin, like the first preseason game, was peppered on their first drive, and he's just he's really athletic, makes a ton of plays, and even though everyone's jerking off over him and everything, I just I'm gonna go with Godwin. All right, one of you guys that's jerking off all over Lockett, um, you know, as I think is the term that CJ just all right. Well, <laughs> convince me because I yeah. never I never take the guy at the turn. He's almost always uh, there. I never take him as my second wide receiver. I'm scared of the Seattle offense. Or at least, the, I mean, I, I just am. So please convince me on Tyler Lockett because I'm not convinced oh, right now. First thing I would say though is if both of these guys are sitting there at that turn, go both of them. I love them both. Really? So 48 is, 49 oh, instead of adding 48 49 Lockett Godwin and you have Hopkins already as a keeper, you're in great fucking what shape. If, what, I, I would love that. What if, what if the alternative was I could add like. Um, uh, Derrick Henry, David Montgomery. Somebody. That would change things up. If, well, that, if a workhorse is sitting there, then I would go lock it over Godwin, and then I would take one of those workhorses over uh, uh you know, I would go Lockett workhorse um, because I would go Lockett. One, he's the number one now. Doug Baldwin's gone. He had a historically efficient season last year. Perfect passer rating when targeted by Russell Wilson. He finishes the wide receiver 14 on the 57th most targets in the league. That's insane efficiency. Okay, that's nice. And there's a million other metrics that will tell you how efficient this guy was. But he's insanely explosive down the field, tracks the ball as good as anybody. Him and Russell Wilson, again, perfect chemistry. Like, not even great chemistry, perfect chemistry. And then you tell me Baldwin's gone. 
who averaged right around 115, 120 targets as the true number one. They're saying out of camp that uh, Brock Hewitt covered the team for 11 years, said, I've never seen in all my years covering camp them make such a concerted effort to get one guy the ball as they have with Tyler Lockett right now. So, yeah, of course, the efficiency is going to regress. It's it's perfect. It's bound to regress. But if that volume spikes to, you know, going from the 57th target to 120 or so, they're calling him a 100-catch candidate. This guy does get 100 catches. He's so explosive. The damage he's going to do is similar to Tyreek Hill level. I think he's going to be that fourth-round guy that just wins people leagues. I love Lockett. Okay. And I love God, uh, Godwin. He's going to probably catch 90 balls as Bruce Arians' slot guy. Probably the safer bet of the two. But to me, Lockett has that just true, genuine blow-up upside. And as you mentioned, jerking off, I had to get new lotion like three times this week every time I put on the the Lockett tape. It was unbelievable. Oh, man. New lotion. You I should start hurt. You should start getting it at like Costco or BJ's. You can get them in that <laughs> really gigantic should. like pump cans. Well, I, I do. That's what I'm saying. I've gone through like tubs. Of the- <laughs> Like, I, I, I kind of feel like when we uh, July or August, we should probably get sponsored by some sort of lotion company, and they should send us like a gigantic <laughs> case of something. And we'd be like, "All right, well, here's your here's your supply for the season," and you're just like, here's "Well, your you're like this." Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, well, this isn't going to be enough. <laughs> I've been watching Tyler Lockett tape all day. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. Question number five: The tier of upside, and we're going to pour. Me there. We're pouring. Well, I skipped you because you had the same take. There, you guys thought the same thing. <laughs> um, and we're we're pouring one out on the curb here for Jimbo, also, because I mean, I feel he, even though CJ did it, did his best to represent him. Yeah, there you go. All right, question number five: The tier of upside wide receiver threes contains about twelve guys and is a true nightmare to sift through. Uh, who do you like the most and the least in this group? I'm going to just read you the list real quick. I'm just going to go down the list. Um, I see this general group on Draft Wizard all the time, and I'm, that's possibly even where you got this screenshot from. But it's like, or, or actually, it looks like the RSJ one. It's Tier 5. Robbie Anderson, Kenny Galladay, but we're, we're going to take him out. Uh, Josh Gordon, Mike Williams, Alshon Jeffrey, Calvin Ridley, A.J. Green, Jarvis Landry, Tyler Boyd, Curtis Samuel, Will Fuller, Allen Robinson, Christian Kirk, DJ Moore. It is tough to sift through that group. I mean, I'm glad we're asking this question because to me, like, there's one or two guys maybe that I'm not that into. One or two guys maybe I like a little bit more. But a lot of these guys seem almost interchangeable to me. I'll just say right now, Jimbo likes Alshon Jeffrey the most. He likes Mike Williams the least. He's not here to defend those picks, but those are his picks, and I'm putting them out there. Um, CJ, who do you like the best on this list? Who do you like the least? I got a little sidetracked because Tom Brady just ran on the field. But um, oh god, I got to jerk. You got to you got to get that like sixty four ounce lotion. Uh, so it's I don't know. It's kind of a weird group. It's I don't know. There's just something about the group where there's a lot of I like a lot of it. I hate a lot of it. But um, I think I I just really like Josh Gordon ceiling the most. He's gonna he it was just peppered with targets last year when he was in, even though a lot of it was forced and everything. So I like his ceiling the most. I also like Will Fuller's ceiling. He's going to be great for eight games or so. And then, um, I don't know, I just don't really care about Alshon Jeffrey. I know Wolf has a few stats about him. I'm just just a guy I've just never really cared about much. There's a ton of miles to feed there, just whatever to me. And then Tyler Boyd without A.J. Green is pretty average, in my opinion. Don't you think Alshon Jeffrey, whether he's good or puts up numbers this year or not, don't you think he's just one of the most unsexy guys? Oh, like- yeah. I, I mean, could not be like, like an, Eli Manning to Alshon Jeffrey hookup would be the least sexy hookup probably 
you know, really unsexy. <laughs> Can you think of who's someone unsexier than Alshon Jeffrey Wolf? And there's no real sex appeal to him. I, I mean, I don't know. Al, Alan Robinson doesn't really Alan have Robinson, any That's a great one. Either. He's very unsexy. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a good one. Um, all right, Wolf, who do you like the most? Who do you like the least? I actually love Robbie Anderson this year. I know me and Keegs are probably going to go head-to-head to this based on these show notes, but I think this guy is going to be a monster. He was the wide receiver three last year once Darnold came back. It's something just clicked. I don't know what it was. He was useless all year and disappeared. So I guess that's the risk you run with this guy is maybe he just disappears again. But they were so on point, and then Gase comes in and says, this guy's so dangerous. He's never really been used properly. We want to expand his route tree and all that. We see it in the first week of the, or second week of the preseason. They hook up right in two drives, three catches on three targets, 32 yards, a beautiful back shoulder. It just seems like they're picking up right where they left off on that historic pace. They're running a lot more no huddle. They only ran it 4% of the time last year, and then Adam Gase only had it 15% of the time last year. He comes in, they ran no huddle on 48% of their plays. If they're picking up the pace and just kind of charging down teams' throats, I could see this Jets team really surprising on offense. I think Robbie Anderson being that alpha number one would be a huge leap this year. I think he has that elite leap this year and is is a monster. Keegs, a lot of Robbie Anderson love coming from the Wolf over here. Your thoughts on that Robbie Anderson love? I'm going to bring in a little Robbie Anderson hate. Uh, I've never really been a fan of the guy, to be honest. A little biased, I guess. But also, you look at, Wolf talked about the inconsistencies and I don't, I don't think an inconsistent wide receiver and a young quarterback is necessarily an awesome combination. And then they go out and get Jameson Crowder, who I think is going to be the guy they like pepper, pepper, pepper. Yeah, and I think he's the guy there. And as far as guys I like here, obviously Josh Gordon, that he finally has a preseason to work with Brady, get himself together. And he looks like he's got his brain at least somewhat in the right place. But also, I don't understand the CJ take that Tyler board without AJ green is gross because last year, Tyler Boyd was Tyler board without AJ green. And he had the best year of his career. He's in a new offense. And, um, I'm, I'm excited about him. Honestly, CJ defend your Tyler Boyd take. I don't, I don't have the stats right in front of me, but I think, well, do you know them? Didn't his stats drop a ton without AJ green? They, they dropped pretty significantly. I don't know the exact amount, but I think it was something like he averaged like 17 with, uh, AJ Green, it went down to like 13. It was a solid like four to five point a week hit. It's just one of those things when he's getting that number one attention, he seemed to really fizzle out. He needs AJ Green to draw that top guy. Uh, and maybe it'll be different under Zach Taylor, who has that background with Sean McVay and, and Tyler Boyd, a very Robert Woods type of target. But I don't know. I haven't seen him get it done without AJ Green. Uh, he had his biggest games definitely with AJ Green in the lineup. So I, I'd be nervous for however long AJ Green's out. Stats. I can tell you one thing. I'm not going to be using when I'm selecting my fantasy football team, and that's stats. I'm going to be going, with, I'm going to be going with all hunches, all, all gut feelings. You got to get that good locker room like CJ. Likes. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, no it's cancers. No, I'm not dealing with any locker room cancers, and I'm not taking stats into account at all. Not even a little bit. But you said you were excited about Josh Gordon. I mean, I'm, he's I'm super he's not excited cancer, about Josh Gordon. He's not be a, I'm he's super not excited about him. I have a real hunch about him. I got a real gut he's feeling a bad about idiot. Josh Gordon. <laughs> Just because I like someone doesn't mean he's going to be on my team. Right. I'll still have Passover. All right. Number, huh? <laughs> number six. Who is the most underpriced wide receiver in fantasy right now that you're going to all have on your teams? And we're going to start with Jimbo. Jimbo said Jamison Crowder. Okay. I'll I'll do that for him because okay. I actually love that. The Wolf also loves Jamison James Crowder. Go ahead. And, and, and you love Robbie Anderson. Anderson. I guess I'm all in on the Jets You love this the year. Jets. Guess, you love Sam Darnold. I, I you to... don't think Sam Darnold looks like he has an IQ of like 60. 
You think that <laughs> Sam Darnold looks like a sharp, sharp guy. He, I think he's a very sharp quarterback. I mean, he's been manufacturing scoring drive after scoring drive this preseason. I really think, you know, Adam Gase gets shit on all the time. But when has he had? He had Jay fucking Cutler and Ryan Tannehill the last few years. Last quarterback he had before that was Peyton Manning right before his arm shot out. And he had 55 fucking touchdowns. I really think Gase knows his shit with quarterbacks. That's why the Jets ended up going with him because Peyton Manning, you know, somehow is involved with the Jets. I forget why, but he, he recommended Gase. I think... I think this guy could really develop Donald into a nice player. He's got a great arm. He played really well under pressure last year. Uh, and I think Crowder, they're saying his chemistry with with Sam Donald's been unbelievable. They labeled him a reception machine in camp and just said he's been dominating. I don't know. I, I think all the Jets receivers are very underpriced for the step I see this offense taking as a whole. I, Peyton Manning's involvement with the Jets makes you wonder, like, is his wife going to be getting testosterone and human growth hormone <laughs> mailed to the Jets training facility? And the answer is almost yes. certainly yes. His, his wife is such a roid head. Um, <laughs> Keeks, thoughts? I think uh, I don't hate the crowd to take it all, but I think Emmanuel Sanders could be a huge steal this year. I understand, you know, on the wrong side of 30 coming off the Achilles, but he looks great in the preseason. He's looked healthy. He's looked quick. He was an absolute beast last year. And also you, you obviously have to factor in the Flacco of it all, but to a certain extent, and I still, I still think he's the guy that's going to deliver Especially he's getting picked around 100 right now, so it seems like a no-brainer. i, I got to say, when, when you say you have to maybe factor Flacco into it, yeah, you got to fa- factor Flacco <laughs> into it. He is definitely I'm, half I'm of away. the equation, maybe maybe more than half the equation. Hey, but I, Case Keenum last year, he was exactly. the wide receiver 10. I guess it's a slot-slut thing. We always talk about how Case Keenum loves his slot guys, but he, I mean, if you can get done with Case Keenum, I don't think Flacco's a downgrade if not he's an upgrade the rare time you'd ever call joe flacco an upgrade over somebody would be case keenum <laughs> uh, that's case, fair case keenum has made so much fucking money <laughs> oh yeah he's doing he's doing well oh yeah case keenum's done well for himself um cj thoughts most underpriced guy guy you're gonna have um, on your team so i have two guys in the same team and if it were up to me i don't know which i'd probably just flip a coin at this point but it's either um mvs or geronimo mm. and just so I mean, M- MVS is he was in the doghouse last year with Rodgers. Just like I don't know, he listened to his coach, so Rodgers didn't like that. And um, I don't what know, he's seen, listening to your coach. I know. <laughs> Where do you Must be the most the most awkward place to ever be. Um, yeah. So yeah, Rodgers has kind of I guess been looking at him more during training camp and everything. And then Geronimo's running a lot out of the slot, so. One of those guys, I'm just not sure which one it's going to be, but I think uh, one of those guys will definitely be on my team. Probably MVS. I, would, I like MVS more for whatever it's worth, um, but I think they're both good picks. All right, conversely, who's the most overpriced guy that you're avoiding nearly everywhere? The guy you would not touch with the proverbial 10-foot pole. Um, that's code for with Teddy Bridgewater's dick. Um, <laughs> Jimbo would have said T.Y. Hilton. I think that's not a bad pick, especially with the injury news now swirling around Andrew Luck. I didn't like him anyway, and now, man, i got to say I like him a lot less. Keegs going with Brandon Cooks, and that's just, you know, it almost just seems like he's trying to start trouble because a lot of the other guys on the panel like Cooks best out of that uh, Rams wide receiver core. So why, why are you so scared of Brandon Cooks? 
Still yeah, a little they, little butthurt about the Eagles Super Bowl, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just like making trouble. Um, I mean, like I said, with like I said earlier, if I'm McVay, I'm using Woods as my primary guy. I'm going short to Cup, and I'm sending Cooks deep, and maybe get some DPIs or something. But that's not going to reflect in his fantasy. So I don't, I don't hate Brandon Cooks. I just think how early he's going, I, I'm, I'm not touching him there, and someone else is gonna. So good luck. All right. Well, Keegs very quickly just throws his hands up and says, I don't hate Brandon Cooks. So I'm going to switch gears and and shift to somebody that's willing to like really talk about hating somebody. Wolf, who's your guy that you consider to be the most overpriced that you would never touch? And the follow-up question, do you hate him? Uh, this is going to be a shocker to anyone that's ever listened to this podcast. Corey motherfucking asswipe Davis is the worst. I think human that's being actually that's his given existed. name. I think that's on his birth certificate. Uh, I think so too. That should be his middle name. But fucking uh, yes, I hate him. According he's to a complete of the Chicago asswipes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Ahead. He's the, he's the absolute worst. He couldn't get it done last year at all. He had way more games with less than five fantasy points than he did double-digit fantasy points. I cut him for it. He, the one good game he had was, of course, against me to knock me out of the playoffs, motherfucker. So maybe that's where some of this hate stems from. But oh, yeah, he wasn't that's a good chunk last- of it. Right, but I mean, he sucked. Yeah, that's probably all of it. But he was he was god awful as the lead guy. Then they bring in you know Adam Humphreys. They bring in AJ Brown. Delaney Walker comes back. So you can't get it done when you have the target lion share of the looks. And now you're facing these four guys for competition. Why are you going to get done? Mariota sucks too. So maybe if Ryan yeah, Tannehill does. takes over, there's hope. But if Ryan Tannehill's your hope, then you're in a horrible situation. They're going to be a run heavy, ugly offense. There's no reason to touch any of these wideouts. It's just a that offense if it's not Derek Henry. It's kind of like the Flacco thing. The rare instance where Ryan Tannehill may be an upgrade over your quarterback. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Marcus Mariota. All right, question number eight. Who's a penny stock going hey. after pick 100? Hey, did C- What's up? CJ's bust. <laughs> you know, CJ. CJ Everybody, you can't miss him. Well, you know, I, so that's fair. That's fair. CJ, if you had filled out the Google Doc, oh, like, like I would have, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be skipping you so much. But uh, go um, ahead. Who's your most overpriced I'm going to go guy? with Amari Cooper. Oh, wow. He just, okay. Last year just seems like an outlier. And um, as I saw when I was reading through Wolf's rankings, he has his little blurbs, which could be on an app at some point. Um, there was a little stat that he, even though like he did blow up in Dallas, that 52% of his points did come in three games. So even though he did move places and he looked great on paper and it was in Dallas and everything, um, he's still the same player and it's still the same guy. I just can't touch. But I probably will touch because I always do. <laughs> I've been in the Amari Cooper business before myself. Uh, Doesn't pay well. I I got Something. burned on. I lost. Like you know, my head to head bets against the Wolf. My my average is actually quite good. But if I wasn't consistently betting on Amari Cooper against him, it would be much much better. Because I believe I've <laughs> lost every bet that I've made concerning Amari Cooper with the Wolf. Uh, by the way, my favorite bet the Wolf and I ever made is when we bet on which quarterback would have a better week. And I took Brock Osweiler, uh, and, and, and he took uh, Sean Kaiser, and I won. <laughs> that was horrendous. <laughs> and dog I felt shit confident going shit. in. I was like, "No, nah, man, I'm going to win this," and I did. And but it was it was close. It was like yeah, that, it was like eight to six like, or something yeah, it like was that. Something bad. It was like maybe, maybe, maybe got into double. It might have been negative. I think like Osweiler had like three, but Kaiser threw like three picks. It was like negative points. Right. Right. <laughs> the, the rare instance when Brock Osweiler is an upgrade. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
who's a penny stock going after pick 100 who could be a monster in 2019? Jimbo likes James Washington. Uh, too bad. I'd like to hear him talk about that, but we're not going to get to because Jimbo uh, is living in an electricity-free apartment. We just found out. Um, <laughs> they, you know, they got apartments with electricity these days in some of the bigger cities. Um, Keegs, who do you like? Uh, I I don't know. You got my boy Kiki going so late. Kiki Kuti, uh, Deshaun Watson absolutely loves him. You got a few a few guys on that receiving core. I know I talk about how I love Hopkins, but he's not crazy durable. Uh, you got you know Fuller isn't super durable, and Deshaun Watson just peppers Kiki with targets. And I think with how late he's going, I think he's a good pick. Did you just say Hopkins isn't crazy durable? Doesn't he like never get hurt? Is he on the pup right now? I don't know. No, no, Hopkins like DeAndre never Hopkins? misses a game. I, I feel like I feel like he no the that story of him like playing without a shoulder last year. He plays through it, but I mean, he played. I think he was okay. like ninety nine point nine percent of his team snaps or something okay. like that. So I think he's at least somewhat durable. Um, <laughs> C- CJ, what? Who's a penny stock you like going after pick a hundred? Who could be a monster? Um, I was thinking of one of the rookies. If Paris Campbell was alive, if he'd like step on a field at some point, that'd be nice. But um, I'm going to say Traquan Smith, even though I would say that last year too. But I think he could he win. Could surprise that, you. That, <laughs> the guy <laughs> murdered me last year. But um, like anyone across from Michael Thomas is going to get less eyes from the defense. And he's still a home run threat. Hopefully him and Drew Brees kind of put it together this year and they can put last year behind them. Wolf. So after pick 100, I mean, Deshaun Jackson's still going after pick 100, which blows my mind. This I think is one he's of my mailbag questions right here. Uh, I was just, my uh, next I, question was going to be, let's talk about Deshaun Jackson. So, I, or whatever. I love Deshaun Jackson this year. I think he, you know, Wentz has a cannon arm. He, those two are going to, they're already making magic all training camp. Hey, this guy can still burn with the best of them. So I really like him, but I wanted to go a little bit deeper. So I'm going Keyshawn Johnson out of Arizona, uh, going at pick like 350 or something of that nature. And all reports are this guy's been endearing himself to Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona, the coaching staff, a six round pick. But unlike Andy Isabella and now Hakeem Butler, who's like hand separated or some shit, I have no idea what's going on there. Uh, but this guy has been very reliable the entire time with his routes. He's been exactly where he's supposed to be. Uh, he's making great plays with his over defenders. He's got great hands. That was kind of the, the thing on him was he wasn't an athletic freak, but he was just a great receiver. Uh, he got it done at the college level and we're seeing it again and translating in that Arizona offense. I want every single piece I can get. And this is one of the cheapest pieces, yet every report is he's been the most exciting player, the most reliable player, uh, and that everyone's loved him. And that includes all the veterans, too. So maybe a sneaky candidate to be their number one receiver that you can that doesn't get drafted in any leagues. So if you're listening and you've already drafted, to check your waiver wire, see if Keyshawn Johnson's out there, because I, would be, I wouldn't be shocked if this guy just dominates this year. CJ, uh, let me get back to something you said earlier about how bad the Arizona offensive line was, about how it's worse than you even thought. Are you, yeah. how, how big of a hit are all these players in the Arizona offense going to take from you because of that? Like, where, where is Johnson right now on your list? Um, so I'm still I'm not shying away from the passing game. I don't know. I just, as like the air raid, you know, it's like, it's all quick passing. It's all screens, bubble screens, slants, all that type of stuff. So I think that will help the offensive line a little bit, but (laughs) when I just like the few carries that David Johnson has gotten in the preseason have been pretty scary. They just had no holes, no holes to run through. It's been a disaster. Is he still a top 10 guy for you? Yeah. They just had, I was going to put him, I have the number two pick in one of my leagues and I was actually 
like a week ago thinking of maybe picking him at number two if Zeke was still gone. But now it would be no chance. Okay. All right, I'm going to ask you guys like two or three mailbag questions that are mostly wide receiver centric, and then we're going to cut out after that. Uh, these are from uh, my buddy Mike. He texted me uh, when I told him that we were doing this and, and had a bunch of questions. I'll try to get a few of them in. He was interested in a couple projections for you guys. He said, if we're going deep draft, any of your guys uh, want to give a projection on Paris Campbell? Anybody have any thoughts on Paris C- Campbell? CJ loves Campbell. I'll let him take this one. Okay. Thoughts on Paris Campbell, um, CJ? So, I mean, all training camp, he's been out with a hamstring, which sucks because he's going to have no time. Well, I mean, Lux out anyways, but he hasn't really had any time in the offense. But he, um, just at Ohio State, he was in just a four, I think he was a four-star athlete coming in. And he played a ton of H-back, so that was like the Percy Harvin position where he was taking a ton of, like, those little tap passes, little handoffs in the backfield, all that type of stuff. And then once they got rid of that receiver coach, that was a complete lunatic and brought up Heartline. Heartline kind of turned all of them into legitimate receivers. Mm-hmm. So that's like where McLaurin came in and McLaurin was like a Matthew Slater basically and then became a fourth round pick. And now he's like the number two in the Redskins and turned Paris Campbell into like a legitimate receiver also. So I guess he is more than what he was at Ohio State. And so I actually I do like his upside. It's just if he's going to be healthy or not this year. All right, same question, but Nikhil Harry. What do you guys think of him? I mean, he's been he's, uh, people's opinions of him have been way up, way down. So, what do you think? I well, think what are your Josh, thoughts on Harry? With, with Josh Gordon returning, it definitely takes a, a big stock on his hit. Uh, I mean, a big hit on his stock. <laughs> big stock on his head. Jesus Christ! Uh, but a big, big hit to him just because he, if he had that shot at being that number two and being in a high target share, but he's been dinged up all camp. He's been getting hurt, and now he's going to face a much stiffer target competition. I do think he's going to probably score, you know, seven or eight touchdowns, oh, wow. which is obviously nice. But I just don't know if you're going to be able to rely on it. It's going to be kind of like Jordan Howard, where it's if he doesn't get a touchdown, he might have 20 yards or nothing, and you just you're left with a whole hole, hole in your lineup. And I don't really want a piece of that, so I don't see him blowing up quite this year. He, one someday he's going to be a, a big. If it's a dynasty league, I still like his upside at taking over that slot once Edelman's out. He's going to be that big body in the slot. They're going to move him around. He's going to be a stud someday, but I don't really love him this year. Keegs, you have any different opinion on Harry, or, or is that yours too? I'd say I kind of echoed that. I think I think my Nikhil Harry opinion probably peaked on draft night, and then as guys have kind of come forward, you got like you know Jacoby Myers and those guys yeah. stepping up, and now Josh Gordon's back. He just I think he's they're, they're still going to work him in the offense, and they're going to try to progress him. But I think Wolf kind of hit the nail on the head. Like he's going to be a stud, just not this year. All right, one more question: um, Is Mike Evans worth an early second round snag, or if he was there, would you go carry on Johnson? Evans. I would go. A, I would go Evans over. I, I'm not a carry yeah. on guy. I don't love carry on, but I don't. I, I wouldn't take him early second. There's probably other guys, other receivers that would be there, but not if it's carry on versus Evans. It's definitely. Evans. I agree. I was. I'm more look this mid to late second round. But if it comes down mm-hmm. to Evans, carry on. You like Evans, CJ? You like Evans, Evans. more than carry on Johnson? Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, we're getting us some clicks on Twitter right now. God. Oh, nice, man! Yeah. You are multitasking up a storm yeah. over there. I wonder what Jimbo's doing. I wonder he's, if he's drumming up any business for us in his powerless apartment. 
Yeah, he probably just slumped down to a little selfie bar and watched <laughs> Yeah. He probably pulled the probably pulled the plug on on himself just so he could go watch. It's like, oh, yeah, oh exactly. guys, I lost my power. Lost geez. electricity. I think my electricity's going out too. Shit. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Well, I to, that, well, this is not a bad time for it to actually, because that actually wraps things up. Uh, you guys got any social media you want to pump before we get out of here? CJ, you want to do the honors or you want me to take it? <laughs> uh, you can take it right now. Alrighty, so this is the fancy fullback dive. Three guys is what CJ's looking at on that phone. Uh, <laughs> you can follow us on any of your socials at Roto Street Journal, Instagram, and Facebook. We're doing a ton of mock drafts and great stuff on Facebook. Monday Market Report live every Monday at 7 o'clock, uh, which we also, you probably heard on the podcast, but would love for you to join us live, ask questions. We've had some great interactions on that. So Monday at 7, tune into the Monday Market Report. Monday at 5.30 every uh, day other than Friday, doing a live mock drafts so if you want me to do a mock draft for you tune on in and i'm at roto street wolf if you'd love to interact on twitter or anything like that i'd love to have you all right my name's nat the truth jones i'm the wolf i'm cj i'm gigs yeah you are (laughs) yeah baby (laughs) we'll see you guys later yeah we used to have it all but now's our curtain call so hold for the applause Oh, oh, oh oh and wave out to the crowd Take our final bow Oh, it's our time to go But at least we stole the show 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 Old-fashioned football right there, folks.